Welcome to episode 47 of Beers, Business, and Balls, our one-year anniversary show, as always, presented by Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Jake Zimmer and Will Tondo, today is Wednesday, April 21st. We are a couple of days or a week and a half or whatever late on our official one year, but we made it. Happy one year anniversary partner. Uh, we have somehow sustained this show for 52 weeks and counting, and there's going to be a hell of a lot more. So congratulations, man. I'll drink to you. I just finished my treehouse over yeah, here. Yeah, I finished mine with uh, You're getting a big <laughs> bottle of water for me. But Johnny Fantana, one of our guests, we just got <laughs> off the horn with him. But yes, one year uh, started as a passion project, as you all know, and now we have a full brand under it. I mean, you're going to see a lot from the House Enterprise name, not only this podcast, but everything going forward. A uh, talented group of writers that are producing so many different blogs that I would have never imagined. And they're, they're coming up with ideas on their own. Uh, Sam Basil has been a shining star. He's making a podcast. We have some other podcasts in the works. Uh, we have some live interviews coming up. We have some more video content, some merch. House Brewing Company is going off. It's been, it's been quite the year. Couldn't do it without you. Couldn't do it without the fans. And uh, excited to see the next year and years to come. Yeah, definitely want to take this opportunity to plug our, all of our content creators. Uh, everybody's doing a great job. Um, Basil Daily is out on Spotify now. Uh, Sam Basil gives his daily takes on New York sports in a new podcast presented by House Enterprise. That's Basil, B-A-S-E-L, Daily, every day. Every weekday, that is. Don't, don't get your hopes up for the weekends. <laughs> Uh, until Basil figures it out. Six minute, quick little, uh, quick hitters. I really enjoy his rants on how bad the Yankees suck uh, because I relate to them on a personal level. And I'm sure you do too, but um, testament to how far we've come. And uh, we would be remiss personal, if, personally if we didn't thank the people along the way, which is what this episode serves to do. Dave Silverman, our very first guest, was someone that we thought was logical to have on this show. Patriots photographer, one of the most well-traveled people in sports and someone we're proud to call a friend, uh, joins us. And then John Fanta, what can we say about him? The, the biggest personality, college basketball expert, one of the up-and-coming broadcasting voices uh, that's under 30 years old, really, in the entire nation, too. So two really good interviews with them. Uh, we don't really have much to break down beforehand. Uh, this episode is to, to celebrate what we've done and invite the people back in. So I don't know if you've got any pre-interview drops or anything to do, but we, we can hop right into it. If not. No, I mean, it is full circle having Dave Silverman on. I mean, we're his second podcast ever first being ours a year ago. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's always fun to talk, just talk shop with him and a great friend to have. And then John Fanta, I mean, he is just, we got on the right side of history and being friends with John because he is someone that is going to be in the NBA. He's going to be one of those fans you see at Indians and Brown games where like, and that's John Fanta, like from, you know, calling so-and-so. Yeah, the they'll put him on the big screen might be. and be like, oh shit, that's John Fanta. Cool. So, and he's always, and he, he was letting loose tonight. So that was, uh, that was fun to oh, see another yeah. side of John. Yes, and yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy year and I'm excited for what's to come. All right, let's get into it. Beers, Business, and Balls, episode 47, our one-year anniversary show. First up, you know him as the man of the hat at most Patriots games. 
um, on the sideline taking pictures, uh, the man behind some of the best Patriots shots, and I mean in history with this franchise. Uh, freelance photographer around the Northeast, uh, doing a lot of great work for the New England Revolution, as well as some Rhode Island local teams. So let's dive into our first guest. He was quite literally our first ever guest on Beers, Business, and Balls back on April 20th, 2020. And now it's come full circle, April 21st, 2021, 366 days since he last came on the show. He's our first guest today for our one-year anniversary show. Here is Dave Silverman. All right, everybody, with this this week for our one-year anniversary, our first guest, our forever guest, we, we, we held him to it. We told him he'll be back. Uh, David Silverman, the best photographer in the country, hands up, bi- uh, biased opinion, but we're going to stick with it. Uh, Dave, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Congratulations, guys. First, first year in the tubes, you know, and, uh, good for you. Best yeah. of luck. Sounds we like it's going well, and I think you have a new sponsor and everything. Is that right? Yeah, we know we're working with a little bit of everything. We got some uh, some in person interviews coming up with some breweries. We are we got a ton of writers on the blog. We're doing good. I mean, we turned into that you know quarantine project where we texted you like, hey, you want to be our first guest? And uh, we're full circle now. You're now our last guest, but we uh, appreciate you having on. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know how, how how have you been doing the past year? I'm good. You know, hanging in there. It's uh... You know, it's April, so it's my time to actually start slowing down again. Uh, never really picked up to where it was, um, as everybody else. But, um, you know, rock and roll and made by, uh, you know, did, did okay. You know, I'm happy with things is. Uh, I didn't get sick, got my first shot in the arm, and, uh, you know, ready to rock and roll and continue into the future. It's very good. You said, uh, I remember the first line of any guests we had on the show was you and – Will looked at you and said, well, how's quarantine? You said, taking it day by day. Is it still day by day now, just trying to get through the days? Or, or what's what do you, what's uh, on the horizon here? No, actually, it ended up, you know, the summer was quiet. So summer, you know, the summer was nice because you you could get out. And then the winter hit and, you know, stuff happened. Um, now, uh, Brian's back at sports. I got one school that's doing their sports, as you know. Coach you up there a couple of times. Um started doing all their sports and them. So it's nice to get out and get something. And then you come back and you find something to do, you know, edit photos and whatever, and uh, wait and see what's next. You know, MLS soccer starts uh, next Saturday for me. So that's good. Uh, Revs two starts Saturday and then Revs start at home. So my summer is going to be back to kind of normal. It's usually slow because the colleges are out and now soccer is going to be going. So, uh, you know, looking forward to the Revs and, uh, you guys better do some reporting on them because they're going to be good. <laughs> I'm expecting uh, big things from them. So who's, do you think Revs 2 is going to be up there as well? Or do we have no idea just yet? Up there where, I mean, they're, they're playing next week. Right. So, I'm saying in the standings, like you think they're going to be any good? The revolution team, the big, the big boys are going to be right. good. They're, they're, I, they'll be in the playoffs again, like they were last year. And, you know, this is their year. They've really built up. You know, uh, Bruce has been there for a couple of years now. So I, I'm really expecting some good stuff, as I'm sure they are, too. But, Absolutely. And so, if, we're this, if this was a Patriots, we'd be yelled at because we're expecting too much. <laughs> so on the flip side of your other, uh, you know, your other client, the Patriots, too, how do you feel about all their sign-ins? I think it's exciting after last year, you know, and I – I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what we'll see what happens. You know what he puts together. Um, it was a tough tough one last year. I mean, you got to go to all the games again, though, so that was nice to be able to 
uh, still have the chance to photograph all of those. How was, uh, how did you, did you, did you notice that much of a difference with Tom being gone and with, I know it's probably a little bit harder to tell like the emotions with players and stuff with like COVID and everything and kind of like uh, how you had to take a little step back with everything. But did you, did you see that much of a difference? Um, it's hard to tell cause I'm not inside, you know, I only saw him on game days and at practice and it was just different, you know, for everybody, whether you work there or even you guys watching at home, it's just was different not to see 12 on the field. Um, and I think once the first game was under the belt and you got going, it was just another game. You know, we, we've, they've always had, the Patriots have always had the mentality, next man up. So, hey, Tom was there. Thank you very much. Next guy. And that's, that's where we're at. We're still waiting for that next guy to step up. Yeah, Cam Newton is – he was going to have to be the guy last year, and there he was met with incredibly mixed emotions, if you will, from Patriots fans. I think there's half of them that – don't mind that he's coming back. Uh, you know what? Maybe thirds. A third of them don't mind that he's coming back. A third are like, yes, you know, he finally has some weapons and he's got some things to do. And the other third are like, what the hell is, is this team doing? We need a new quarterback. It's interesting in case, dynamic. In, in case any lawyers are listening, uh, what I say has to do with David Solman and not that of the New England Patriots. <laughs> I, I hope I'm covered if I say anything bad. And if I don't work for the Patriots, I said something bad. Um <laughs> Hey, you know, Bill, Bill, you know, we, you got to trust Bill and what his decision is. And, you know, you tried with Cam. Um, it, and I think it was different with everybody. Obviously, every team had the same issue. But if you really don't get on the field as much as you, they used to, you're not going to get that team unity and everything. And everything was new for everybody. Everybody was new. Without Tom there, there was no one really to lead. And Cam was gump, jumping into that. I'm the leader, but yet was still learning he was still a rookie he was a rookie but a veteran you know what I mean no of so course. you know and uh, unfortunately it didn't go as well and I think bringing him back is the same thing I think they'll have hopefully full practices and begin to gel it as a team if they can get on the field together so with all the additions and with all the people coming back you have the other end of the spectrum too with some subtractions and now a retirement uh Julian Edelman officially retired uh, you have definitely captured a lot of the uh, great moments for Julian over the years. You know, how, how, um, what were some of your favorites that just stand out? The ones that you got to take pictures of and be there for. He always, he was intense, I, you know, cause he always, he always dove for that extra yard and whatever. So whenever he was in the end zone, he was fighting hard and diving into the end zone, um, getting that first down and, you know, passes, throws his arm out, you know, first down and gets the crowd wild up and, you know, that I think is going to be a big mess. And I think he took a lot of hits, you know, he gets those dip, dip and dunks they used to shoot at him and he'd take the hit and he'd just get back up and hit. And uh, obviously, you know, it took his toll on him. So uh, he did, he did good for us. We'll, I'm sure he'll be missed this year. I think he, I think he fan, will. Yeah. He's he, he was, yes, for sure. I think uh, it's going to be a while before anyone wears 11 again. Um, is there, is there a moment that stands out maybe like, you know, was there a picture that you remember? I know you were just looking before this interview, trying to find some yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm wondering if that triggers any memories of, you know, when you looked at a picture and said, you know, Oh, that's the play where he did this. Anything that stand out? I didn't get it, but that one catch versus Atlanta was pretty amazing. I, I was on it, but you know, there's so many guys, one guy jumped in front of me, but seeing that picture, I mean, we don't win the Super Bowl without that catch. I mean, I didn't get it, but that's okay. It happened. And it's a great memory. I got some, I put some uh, 
you know, the Patriots put a nice gallery of uh, all the photos from myself and Eric and Keith uh, through the years. And uh, so go to Patriots.com and see a bunch of bunch of pictures from that. So I, I think you'll, you'll, you'll see a whole different variety. I like the portraits I do with him on the side and then you get the action stuff. And, so as far as travel goes too, I remember, you know, you and I had been texting obviously a lot in the season and you got to go out to the West coast, see the new stadiums and I, you got to I, stay at UCLA too. That yep. must've been really cool. Um, would yep. love to hear about your favorite travel memories from this year. And <laughs> I know you were walking around a ton, like you got to walk to campus, you got to, uh, you know, go into the stadiums when nobody was in there and you were quite literally like one of five people inside the entire stadiums. Uh, what was new about that this year? Um, it was definitely different. Um, our first road trip was Seattle and there was a lot of insecurities of what to do, what you can do, where can you go? What can you do? Um, I don't even think I stepped out of my room the first day we were there on Friday and it's like, it's like, Oh, you know, do I go out of the room? Can I get it going on my room, going down the lobby? And technically we really couldn't go anywhere. What are you going to get for food? Guys were bringing stuff, getting stuff delivered to them. And it's like, to me, it's like, well, you can still get COVID from that. Right. And it's like, you just didn't know. And then I remember on Saturday morning, our social media girl said, uh, we need to go to the stadium. I go, oh, can we? And, you know, how do we get in there? Well, we don't know. And someone said, here, take my car. It's like, we can take a car. So there was all that insecurity, you know, unsure of what you can do. So we drove out there, no big deal. That one had the masks on. So we're, after that, it was more comfortable what you can and can't do. We actually, on the way home, had food come in. We, we stopped at a um, restaurant open the trunk and the guy put the food in the trunk and, and that's how we got our food. Um, so that was a little bit different and it was nice going to the stadiums. You walk in, you're the only, only a few people there and that's it. And then on game day, it was very weird not to have any people that first game they piped in sound and it was just like a mumble. And that was about it. Still wasn't the same thing. I think our game in Seattle was very close because there was no crowd. And I think if there was a crowd there, one that the end of the game would have been tremendous with the crowd that's there. Um, but it did. I, th I think it made a big difference on how each of the teams reacted. I don't remember off the top of my head, were there any games throughout the season that had fans um, that the Patriots traveled to, or were they all fanless? I think the first one we went to was Houston. Uh, and that was later in the season. And that was kind of weird. Like even driving down the road, going to the hotel when we land and it's like it was like christmas it was it was november so it was christmas it was like a normal christmas down there and they had no whatever you know they had no, no care in the world the mall was across the street we're looking out the window it was packed um the stadium was a third full i don't remember the amount but there was quite a few there and it was just kind of weird just seeing people saying what are we doing here and Again, insecure of what, what's going to happen. What can you get sick from them being there and yelling and screaming? And um, they actually did a pretty good job. Cheerleaders were there too, and they were spread out. Um, I, th I think the NFL did pretty good. I think, you know, we talked last year, it was like, were they even going to have a season? Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. We, we talked a lot about that, and we, we pulled it off. Um, in Texas, I'm surprised they didn't just pack it up to the brim. Masks optional, like, you know, whoever wants to come can come. Like, uh <laughs> well, that, that, they already did that in Texas just now with baseball. They're doing it for baseball. Yeah. They had 39,000 the other day. Isn't that nuts? Scary as scary. It's scary, but maybe that's just the difference between them down there and up here where yeah. it hit us hard at the first start. So, you know, 
last year was like, who knew what was going to happen? Yeah. I think the optimism is definitely there. It, I mean, it seems like all signs are pointing to the revs having some people uh, in the stadium. 8,000, I believe. So it's yeah, 8,000. And then hopefully when things progress and the cases go down and vaccinations go up, we'll be able to pack Gillette stadium again at some point, maybe, you know, hopefully a third of it or maybe a half of it if we get up there, but Jonathan Kraft from the news the other day, he says if everyone getting vaccinated, he, he can see us having a full stadium in September. So we'll see. How much of a difference does that make for you to do your job? I know we talked about this in our first interview, but you realized that you hadn't re- hadn't understood how much you get from the crowd, especially those smaller games too, like Bryant, uh, like Providence College. Um, you're getting your cues from the crowd. So how different is that going to be for you having oh, that was- totally thrown that out the window and then doing it again? Yeah, it was weird. That first game uh, at home, it's like Julian, I think, made the first catch of the of the year. It was like the first second play. And it's like, I didn't know what happened because <laughs> you listen to, the, I didn't realize how much you listen to the crowd to know a play was happening because it's just mumble. And then it was like, ah, and you hear the crowd, but then it wasn't there. So it's like, I, I didn't know anything went on. So I had to learn to really follow the game more, as funny as that sounds, to know what's going on. And it's hard to follow the game when you're looking through it with the lens, like through the lens. Yeah. Right. I'm looking at personally the way I shoot. I'm looking at one or two guys, and that's it. So if I'm watching the quarterback, he's throwing it. I got to find the ball at that point. So um, yeah. it, was, it was interesting. But the nice thing was, really, on game day, you just drive into the stadium and not having to worry about parking and fighting the crowd. <laughs> I miss that. And actually, yeah, the yeah, traffic. I mean, that's because Gillette traffic is god awful, and you uh, must have just walked in and walked out. Yeah, I still went in my. 12 hours beforehand but right <laughs> uh, yeah it was nice just driving and not you know at the end of the game hour afterwards I'm back home and that was it and that was nice um last week at a Bryant's game they had a um, lacrosse game they did have some fans there and parents are yelling and screaming at the refs and the refs turn around and he says I like to better without you guys here yeah nature so, is healing it's, it's a learning process for all of us not to have it and then to have it back Nature is healing when you have a bunch of college parents screaming at referees, uh, just absolutely torched, but absolutely. He was not happy, but like, you know, it's kind of like, all right, I I think we're getting back to normal. So for those that haven't seen you at games, you've been rocking the hat basically every game you've been at this year. Um, I I need to know where you got that hat and why it's on your head all the time. I, I think it's an awesome hat, but tell us the story of how you got it. Um, it probably started when I, I was doing a golf tournament for Brown one time and I had my hat, my baseball hat on backwards. And the guy looked at me and says, you can't wear your hat at this course like that. And I can't shoot with the brim out. So eventually I went to, um, actually it was, um, uh, sorry. Um, got his name from, uh, he came from, uh, LA. Um, geez, I forgot his name. And I should <laughs> And that's Silverman's hat. I'm having a brain. I'm having a brain <laughs> but anyway, so now I wear a hat. I got it from Chicago. Um, you know, I'm bald. The sun hits the head. And, you know, I got to have it covered. And and now it's more of if I don't wear it, people don't know it's me. So a couple of years ago, I was at Gillette Stadium. And I was walking on a field to go say hi to somebody. And two security guys ran over me, tapped me on the shoulder. And they turned around and says, where your damn hat? Because they didn't know it was me until I turned it around. So... I wear a hat. That's, that's, that's why I wear it now. Uh, Junior Sale, when he came and played for us, he wore these hats, but I thought it was pretty neat. 
And then we went out to San Diego and I ended up getting a hat kind of like that. And then it evolved to now wearing more of a, a it's, um, it's more of like a old fashioned 1950s gangster kind of hat. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's how we spot you on the sidelines at yeah. Pat, for the Pats games. It's like, especially when there wasn't that many people on the sidelines too. It's like, Oh, there's Silverman right at the corner. And even all the big moments too, when you see the replays on the news, it's like, Oh, Silverman made his appearance. Like, yeah. When Twitter first started, my niece was, uh, she'd be watching the games. She says, Oh, there's uncle Dave. Everyone drank. And I said, <laughs> And she was using my my Twitter handle, and it's like, yeah, you, you can't do that. You're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> you don't do it. Do it in peace. But so every time she saw me on TV, she's like, everyone drink. <laughs> so outside of sports, though, I see in your background you got the wet suits out. I had the little uh, surf picture photos and stuff like that, and jump, get in the water and uh, take surf pictures. So I'm waiting for the uh, the weather to warm up a little bit more. You pop out. Has, so oh, go ahead, Tondo. I was going to say, do you pop out to Newport? Um, mostly go down to Narragansett Beach. And I'm, uh, I'm trying to connect a little bit more with the surfers and get out and find those spots to go. Um, I don't go in the big waves. And the waves are really big. I don't go. I, I go for the I go for the kiddie pool uh, stuff. So um, it's kind of neat when the surfers are out there. I go really early in the morning and get there before the surfers and get the little waves, the sun coming in and stuff like that. And I don't do it a lot, but it, it's kind of cool to do. So do you know these surfers when you go or do you just kind of show up and are like, yeah, I'm going to take photos of you. No, I just, take, I just, right now I take them, but there is a pretty good community. I went and uh, I think December, there was a really good storm and the waves were pretty high. And I sat there for two hours just doing video and stuff like that. And guys would come out of the water and come and ask me for a card to get pictures. So I sent them pictures and did some videos and stuff like that. It's yeah. kind of fun. You know, it's kind of, you know, it was, I know I don't want to be there I don't mind sitting out there if it's 10 degrees, but 10 degrees and being in the water, that's a whole different. Oh, that's a different ball game. Yep. But so outside of the sports and now outside of surfing, what other photos do you like to take? Like what is your, if you wanted to go out and just grab your camera and go do something, what is your, you know, ideal landscape or ideal setting that you like to just sit back and take photos of? Um, I do like the nature stuff, but more animal kind of stuff which we don't have a lot here, you know, not the kind I want to do. Uh, I've been to Alaska and I've been to Africa. Uh, I've been a shark cage. My friend and I have been talking about going back now. We'll see how the, the tide goes as far as COVID and all that. I really want to do tornado chasing again. I tried once and didn't get anything. I'm thinking about like late May, but I also want to see where COVID is. If not, it'll just wait until next year. Talk about any lawyers listening. I think they just made that. There's like a bill in the house that's making storm chasing illegal. So we also won't rat you out there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, they're making it illegal. Really? Why is that? I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but I'm, I'm glad I'm not just talking out of my ass because Will's agreeing with me. So I, I didn't, I'm not making that up. No, <laughs> I, illegal. I, I did not know that. I know there's a guy uh, who follows hurricanes. He goes to the snowstorms and all that stuff. And he's not a weatherman and he's there all the places. Last time I went, we actually got a rental car. It's not under my name, so I, I won't care. Um, <laughs> and we got we got the hail insurance, which is a good thing because we got hit by hail, and the hail was as big as my palm, and the car was crushed. We drove around for three days because we we're in the middle of South Dakota and Nebraska, and no one had any windshields for us. So there were just holes in our windshields. So when it rained, it just came in the car and stuff like that. So it's not safe but it's, it's kind of cool <laughs> and, I, and i will say those guys that do the tornado chasing it it's not safe um and they're as crazy as the movie 
So if you've seen the movie Twister, these guys are just as spooky. And you kind of have to be going 90 miles an hour on a highway running after a storm. I mean, so what? So I've always been fascinated on, on what car you have to drive for that. So did you guys get like just some random car that you knew, all right, yeah, we're getting hail insurance. We're probably going to get pelted. Or do you have to get like the fastest car they have? Well, no, they actually rented a car. I, I connected with some people from Twitter saying, hey, you want to take me along with you? And they said, sure. You know, they're Patriot fans. So that helps. And they got a truck. And I remember being in the backseat and he was flying down the highway after 20 hours. He says, you know, I really don't want to die doing this. <laughs> And he says, no, nah, we'll be fine. He's, so we go down the road and then the hail starts coming and I'm under a sunroof. I ducked down in the backseat because that stuff was hitting and you could see cows on the side of the road just getting pelted by these things. And, and we drove by a lake and I just remember the, the, the hail hitting the water and just the water splashing up was so high. It's like, this is coming down hard. Our, our car was pretty wrecked. <laughs> and it was funny. So these guys all meet later on. They find a place and they find a, a restaurant. We all met and everyone's telling their war stories and stuff like that. And you see these six cars in the parking lot and all of them are trash. So, I mean, yeah, definitely get the insurance, you know, don't, if you're, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm taking from this. Yeah. If you don't want yeah, well, to storm chase and grab that insurance. And my brother always says, you're not insured. It doesn't matter. I, I remember telling him I'm going to shark cage. He says, where are you going? He's well, it's all from Mexico. And he says, well, your cameras aren't covered in another country and it's not covered if it gets eaten by a shark. So, and then he goes, it'll cost you this much though. <laughs> I mean, My family insurance. So I, it's, whenever I talk to them, it costs me money. Hey, that, hey, that's what, you know, that's what the family's for. And those experiences that you're not going to lose forever. How many times have you gone, you know, diving with sharks? Twice. Twice. So I went two years ago and then three years before that. Still haven't gotten the perfect shot yet, so I'll, I'll do it until I, I feel so I got enough. And where's like the prime location for shark diving? Like, is it off the coast of Mexico, like you said, or is there? Uh, yeah, it's um, off Baja, California. So we'll go into California, and then we got to go through Mexico, do all the whole things, and then we find get in our boat. It's a 22-hour ride to Guadalupe Island, and then you sit there for three days, and then you 22-hour ride back. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Is it, is it worth it? It must be, right? Hey, have you ever been with a shark? No, I, that, I have. I don't plan very, to. It, Let me make that very clear. That is not in the cards for me. Um, if you're in a cage, it's okay. So the first time I went in, even I've never had like an air tank and sit under the water. I was, you'd sit in the water for two hours, you know, but you have an air, there's no tank, but it's connected to the boat. So you're relying on whoever's up there, you know, making sure you can breathe. And, but, you know, once I got past the first, you know, couple of hours, it, it was great. It's fun to do. It's relaxing. The sharks really don't care that you're there. They're after that little bait. And it's just like fishing. You're, they put out bait and you're just sitting there waiting for the shark to come up. He swims around a couple of times, a couple of times, takes a bite, occasionally hits the cage and then he swims off and that's it. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's relaxing, you know, <laughs> what can we not now without the cage, it's a different story. What camera are you bringing along for the, uh, for the shark watching? Same camera I use for football, but then I have a water housing that I put the camera in. And wow. that's not insured by the Pats either if it gets eaten by a shark. <laughs> uh, let's put it this way. If the camera gets eaten by the shark, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose a hand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and, you know, and you're not supposed to stick your hand out the cage, even though everyone kind of does anyway. But um, they come pretty darn close sometimes, you know, so – They'll take a bite out, out of the uh, bait, and then as they're, they're just the momentum takes them into the cage. 
and they knock off the cage, but then they swim off. I was going to say there's, if you lose the camera, you have probably have far bigger things to worry about. So that checks out. That, that yeah. all checks out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried. They got, they got us pretty well covered there. <laughs> there was a video that came out. If you want to look it up, the shark, uh, shark, shark and shark cage. And the, the shark got into the cage and was flipping around and banging around. And then the shark, they open the top and the, the shark actually jumps off the top. A minute later, you see a guy come out and he's just unheard or anything like that. And that was the boat I was on. <laughs> so you look at that, yeah, yeah, that can happen. And he, he knew well enough to go. And I didn't know this, but there's a trap door on the bottom of the cage that you can open and get out if you need to. I did not know that, but now I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd give you a heads up at least. It's like, oh yeah, this is everything you need to know before you go down. They, they might have. <laughs> yeah oh, man that's funny what that's like so if you get a chance go to a shark cage that's all i that's I, I would like to that one day do um swim with the whale sharks or even humpback whales my friend has done that he says it's very cool but even that's getting more crowded than tornado chasing like you could go to a photograph a whale shark and there'd be 50 or 60 people in the water with the whale shark too much too much yeah no i feel that so I guess transitioning back to the safer side of photography, <laughs> uh, you got uh, the great experience to cover Bryant's run this year. Um, and, you know, there wasn't many people that got to experience that firsthand. You know, how would you say the experience was, you know, with COVID and everything on the basketball side? Also, just watching this team over the years now, fin finally starting to create a, uh, a successful product. They're looking good. You know, they got they, 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 not just the momentum. You can feel it in the team. I mean, you know, uh, Jake, you're there. So you 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 can feel it in the room. And, boy, if there were fans this year, what a great year this would have been. And I think they could even have gone further. Um, really happy he didn't get that job at Fordham. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I, think we'll, I think we'll see some really good things next year, and we got to keep him around. And next year we'll have fans in there, and it'll be fun. And I think Peter Kiss just left, though, right? Or he's No, he's back. It's uh, he's Mike staying. Green. That, Mike Green just left. Right. So, yeah. Um, I don't think that's as much it. I think Peter would have been a hurt. Um, actually, anytime anybody leaves who plays all the time, that's going to hurt you. But uh, I think, I think uh, Grasso's got it. He's going to do very well. I think I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I never wish people harm, but I definitely wished upon him that he did not get that job and it worked out. So taking yeah. credit for it, humble brag. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I'll just stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he didn't get the job because of that way he stayed. How's that? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we were talking off the air, you know, before you got on how it's like, wow, you know, Brian is really starting to build this reputation, like win or lose that, you know, our guys are going to be called upon to that next step up. You know, they're going to start seeing people and you know, Mike Green's getting calls from Minnesota and, you know, you have players coming from the Big East and other, you know, Power Five programs that are like considering Bryant possibly and other, you know, high level recruits. It's, it's a cool process to see, even if we aren't winning right now, that Bryant has that reputation where people are either attracted to go there or grab the guys we already have. Well, they are winning. So that's why they're even thinking of coming. But now that the big boys are looking at them, you know, if, we, if they can get one or two guys to go pro, then that puts them in another level too, you know. Um, Keeping a coach, I think, is going to be huge. You can't just bring a coach in every couple of years and be at the same level. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where they they have to step up too. Sometimes Bryant and say we we need to keep this guy to keep the momentum going. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, uh, our pregame chats got pretty repetitive towards the end. It's like, man, if there were fans here, if there were, oh. that, the place would have blown the roof off. They'll have the white out. They'll have the blackout. And the fans would have been tremendous. And, you know, the free the Chick-fil-A, something like huh? <laughs> the free Chick-fil-A. Got to get them back somehow. That right. It's so huge. I mean, that's great for Chick-fil-A. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what is it? They make two free, uh, they miss two uh, throws and the whole place gets a free Chick-fil-A. Right. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Yep. They missed two in a row. That was a, a promotion started by PC that Bryant borrowed and the opposing team misses two free throws in the second half. Everyone gets Chick-fil-A. I That's won great. That. I won that twice in PC. It was great. Yeah. You're a two-time victor of Chick-fil-A <laughs> at Dunkin' Donuts, Tondo. That's incredible. It's a big honor. We're on, they're on the hot seat for us after. Yeah, uh, they are. They, uh, they're in bad graces with us because they stopped serving breakfast too early. And oh, yeah, man, we I could go. That. I noticed that. But yeah, we could go on for hours, Silverman. This is not good. This is not a good scenario. Well, the worst part is they close on Sundays. Come on. I know. You know, don't get us started there either. Good, good for them doing that. But hey, you got to love their milkshakes and their fries. You know. Oh yeah. Oh man. Opened up like a distribution center in Providence, um, where it's just like either pickup or Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff. And there was one time we did it. It was like Saturday night, but again, still like it was the winter. It's COVID two hours later oh ouch yeah was that uber or is that the uh, chick-fil-a the chick-fil-a being over too many orders oh because it was like because they're open till you know 10 11 12 o'clock at night because it's not like a true chick-fil-a it's just like the distribution center but oh two- okay i didn't know that okay yeah yep that's chick-fil-a for you we're they're on the hot seat for us we're, we're not too happy but let's um well, maybe they'll maybe they'll send you some free ones once they hear this the podcast and they'll uh they better do. if they know what's good for them they will you know you got some space right next to your head there to put a sign up you know for uh, advertising yep right there bbb sponsored by chick-fil-a heard it from dave <laughs> silverman first <laughs> um hey one third of our show is beer so you have any good beer lately and if so we want to hear about it plug away oh i haven't had well i i, I uh, <laughs> that much anymore i did have someone send me a bunch of beer because i was helping them out and they're all uh, Pale ales, and that's too bitter for me. Uh, one of my favorites, though, you know, it comes in the uh, fall, is uh, Southern Tier, and it's creme brulee. So if you ever get a chance to that, that's what you want to try. You sent me a picture of that, actually. Oh, yeah, this was a little while ago. So that that's a very good beer. It's a nice sipping beer. Um, I'm a, I, I like a good dark beer. That's what I want. Um, Beer and pizza, beer after a game, after a Patriots game, that's the best. You know, have some chicken <laughs> wings. I'm good to go after that. Oh man, yeah, we'll definitely have to go grab that pub and grab some more uh, Guinness pints again. For that everyone. sounds good. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll sit outside after my second shot this week and uh, give it a couple of weeks, and I'll be ready to sit outside. And uh, I'm not ready to go into your restaurants. I don't know about you guys. I've, well, I've seen you guys out and about. So. <laughs> uh, I'm old enough. I'm not going to go into uh, a restaurant for a little while. I don't think. It's fair enough. We, we may or may not be getting dinner with our other guests this week um, uh, on, on our one-year blowout show inside on Federal Hill, but we won't throw them under the bus. <laughs> oh, goodness. But we'll, we'll have to do that again. Um, we'll drink some good beer. We'll drink some Guinness. We'll drink some uh, – re- and we'll do it responsibly, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we'll, with that, though. Yeah, we had some good, good food that have- day, too. We had, uh, I think we had some nachos, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, what do we have? Potato skins. We had potato skins back in the day too. 
we had quite a bit watching the Yankees lose, unfortunately, that night. Yeah, that was tough. That was, that was uh, did we watch night. Garrett Cole carve up the Yankees before he was on the Yankees, right? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. sucks. And hopefully, I mean, maybe they'll turn it around. It's been, I'm trying to not be an overreacting Yankees fan. I'm really <laughs> not. But it's so frustrating when it's like every year, it's like, gets a little bit better. It gets a little bit better. And then they lose. And now off to a slow start and injuries are starting to pour in. I'm, I'm losing my patience with the Yankees, but. I'd rather do it early. They can fix it before the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Everyone's complaining about the Red Sox after they lost two games. And what are they? Six wins now in a row. Mm-hmm. That is true. Which I'm excited for some Yankees Red Sox uh, matchups this season. And I know there's the Astros game this season as well. I think that's sometime in May. So it's going to be a lot of good baseball and Hey, I'm still thankful. Garrett Cole's a Yankee and that's all we can ask for. Are you guys planning to go into a game at all? We're thinking about it. We'd like yeah. to. You guys fear is gone or what's your COVID prowess, I guess. Uh, however you want to say it. And- I mean, it's definitely still relevant. I mean, it's still apparent. Um, I think it's just at the point to it where it's like, as long as you keep your circle small and you do what you, you do your part, um, you know, you just hope the other end of the spectrum's doing theirs as well. Yeah, I'm right with that, you know, and I'm, I've, I've got my shot, but it's, it's like, you know, I could sit here and worry about these different variants and strains and stuff, or I just, am, you know, I, I don't be dumb and I wash my hands when I go somewhere or, you know, stop hanging around with like, groups of 30 or 40 people, right? It's, you know, doing your part, man. That's, that's what I think. And you anyway. know, and that's why I think the NFL did well last year. Cause I think everyone had that, that same attitude where if I don't hang around this person, I'm going to be fine. And once you did, and you got, you know, you didn't want to get the COVID shame. I didn't want to be that guy that happened to be walking by Bill Belichick. And then I got the COVID and now Bill yeah. can't go or, or, you know, a player or something like that, I, you know. So in my mind, I just, you know, I hunkered in and did it. And now being out with Brian, it's a little bit, you know, everyone's got their masks. It's outside. Basketball, there was nobody in there. I pretty much stayed away from the players. Uh, they had been tested and stuff like that. And I know I hadn't been out. So I, I felt pretty good doing that. And I think everyone has the same attitude. As long as you have that attitude that, hey, I got to be careful on who am I around. I didn't even see my parents for a year. I actually had them over last week after my first shot. They've had their two shots. And it was nice actually seeing them because I'm not around a lot of people and I didn't want to be around them after being on the road with the Patriots and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a very good point. Silverman, um, always great catching up with you. I think we're, we're on the mend of this madness. So we will be able to go out and uh, you know sit outside and have that beer soon. Next we thank podcast, you for- We'll have it outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you for, uh, thank you for being a fan of ours, our first guest, and now our, our most recent one. The floor is yours. Uh, we've got a, about a minute left here. If you want to plug away anywhere where people can find your content, engage with you on social media and just keep up with what you're doing. All right. You can find uh, pictures of mine on uh, Instagram on DS photos. Uh, that's usually where I post the most. Um, that's about it. You know, occasionally a Twitter here and there, but you know, if you follow, the New England Patriots, you follow the revolution, you follow Bryant University, you'll probably see a lot of pictures, um, revolution starting up. So follow them because I think they're going to do very well. I think I believe you guys uh, better start talking about them. <laughs> you're going to hear about them come October. Um, anyway, stay positive. I think good things ahead. Everyone get your shots.
Absolutely. Well, we'll be rooting for the Revs. We'll be rooting for the Bulldogs. And uh, half the podcast will be rooting for <laughs> in the near future. But Dave, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, keep up the great work with everything. We'll talk to you soon. All right, boys. Be good. And that was just Dave Silverman, guest number one, and now coming back on for the one-year anniversary. Um, quite the journeyman, quite the professional. Always great to have him on. And he is also a big health freak, too. We talked about that on episode one. And it kind of ties into our partner, Goalie Nutrition. Uh, Goalie actually turned two today. You know, we turned one, they turned two. Uh, so we have a special little deal for you as well. If you use the code the Pod, you get 10% off on top of their additional discounts. But Goalie Nutrition, I mean, if you haven't seen it all over social media, if you haven't seen it or heard of it on our show, it's a new way to take apple cider vinegar shots. No one wants those disgusting shots that could corrode your teeth and just taste bad and even upset your stomach. You want to have the same health benefits and an easy, simple gummy. Take two of them a day. They literally taste like apple gummies that you would get from, you know, your mom pack in your lunchbox. It's filled with a bunch of vitamins. It's filled with a bunch of health benefits. They are the real deal. We have them. We use them before we partner with them. They're great stuff and you can get a great discount too. So like I said, head over to goalie.com and use the code the BBB pod. That's T H E B B B P O D for 10% off on top of the two year discount. Yeah. I just stocked up on, um, I just got a haul and I'm still waiting for it. They're keeping me in suspense, but I can't wait to have my own supply of goalie. Um, great benefits, looking them up, uh, great digestive benefits. Um, great overall state of being benefits too. allegedly calms you down according to some studies. So fuck it. That's something I'm going to try. So excited to work with goalie, the BBB pod, 10% off. Go, 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 go. And now on interview number two, John Fanta. All right, everybody for our one year anniversary, three-time guest hall of fame guest, probably the most interesting man, not only in college basketball, but college sports as a whole, John Fanta on the horn. One of our favorite guys. I mean, overall, uh, he is just anytime you see a reel on him, it's like electric stuff. But John, how are you today? Welcome back to the podcast. We are so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Will. It's great to be with you and Jake. Uh, always love coming on with you guys. I brought my wicked hazy Sam Adams IPA. Sam Adams, the official beer of the Big East Conference. Uh, <laughs> tonight and. It tastes extra special uh, when I'm on the BBB podcast. Congratulations on your first birthday to many more. And it is an honor to be a three-time guest. You're on the John, wall. I mean, you, uh, Hall when, of Fame, Wall of Fame. Yeah, he's, he's that's the guy. literally. <laughs> literally. I love, I'm, I'm happy to be on the wall. <laughs> John, when you, uh, when you just said the official beer of the Big East Conference, did that jog you back to Sunday where I, I almost felt like you were, well, you were doing the Women's Big East Championship on FS1. You're, you're doing the Jeep read, and it's so Masters-esque of you. You're like, Jeep, there's only one. It's the, it's the Jim Nance feel. How cool is that? It is fun. It's always, you know, uh, I feel like Jeep, there's only one is stuck in my head. It's, one, it's probably the phrase I say the most. Um, because we're constantly saying it, and Jeep is the sponsor of the Big East. So, yes, Jake, uh, all those Fox telecasts, we have to get that in, I think, at least four times a show. So it's in there. It's in my head. I don't even need the card. 
they, they stopped making me the promo card to read. You know, it's just like uh, uh, it, on, on Sunday, it was Big E Soccer is sponsored by Jeep Grand Cherokee. Jeep, there's only one. And uh, <laughs> doing that over and over again. But uh, yeah, I, I, it, it rolls right off the tongue. It's part of life as a broadcaster, I guess. These sponsorships are in your head. What I love about Sam Adams is I did a trivia shoot for them. I did two sets of trivia for them on Instagram this past season. And you guys know it. They, they emailed me and they said, Hey, um, for doing this, you know, we could send you some beer and man, my fridge was packed right around Christmas and then shortly thereafter. So the, the perks of uh, doing some things for some beer companies and I, I always want to support local. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm drinking a brand name, Sam Adams is the way I'm going. Well, I mean, it's technically local. It's Boston, you know, for us New Englanders, it's a, it's a local beer. It's not, I mean, it's big name now, but it's still it's you a got mass some distributed local. local beer. Sure. Yeah. But <laughs> we got to get a rating from you too. I mean, this is your first beer on the podcast. So what's yeah. the rating? Yeah. The Wicked Hazy IPA. I'm not a huge IPA drinker, uh, to be quite honest. It's not my favorite, but I would give this uh, as the White Sox extend their lead over the Indians five to two. That's terrible. Um, I would give this wicked hazy IPA, despite the Indians going down three runs, I would give it like a, uh, I give it a six and a half out of 10. Hmm. Fair score. Close Fair score. Yeah, close, close to seven, like a 6.75. It's good. I just don't love my IPAs, but it's going down. It's going down fairly smooth. So close to a seven. That's a, there's an element of that in it. It's, you know, if you, it, I feel like a lot of the beer should be how, like, can I crush a bunch of these? And if so, the rating will go up a bit. Well, exact. Well, that's true. Let's see what happens in this podcast <laughs> with the beer rating right now. It's a 6.5, 6.75. Our goal is going to be to try to get it as close to 10 as we can. <laughs> yeah. You, you have a couple more of those. You might be like dishing out by the end of this half hour. Or so yeah, this, you know, it's an eight and a half, right? <laughs> Let's see where it goes. Let's see where, has anybody ever, you know, had three or four or five beers on this pod? I think we have. We, sure. I mean, we have. <laughs> oh, <you> have. <laughs> well, we, yeah. uh, we did a, a live review in at a brewery in, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Um, and we had a couple beers there. We had a couple beers on when we had our friends over at the Wart podcast, a Long Island based beer po- uh, podcast over the summer. We had a couple beers with them. That was like a two hour conversation too. I mean, we were, we were drinking and we had one, one of our writers who was on our show prior to, to her joining um, Chris Savage of the basic, the basic girl brew review podcast or uh, Instagram. We had a couple beers on as well, but never, we, we try to keep it somewhat professional, just one or two and uh, keep it going. But if it's a beer person, we're drinking. That thing's gone. Oh, my God. You, you just crushed that down. <laughs> He's grabbing number two, folks. He is grabbing number two. This is incredible. I'm, I'm just amazed that I witnessed John Fanta just crush a wicked hazy IPA from Sam Adams. That, that gives me life. That absolutely gives me life. <laughs> All right. So we don't have to do that again. Oh, you just bring the whole thing. He's just bring okay. the whole thing. John is having himself a night on this and, right? Huh. There you oh, go. Man. Now this is a light and hazy lager. <laughs> so this John, one I definitely am gonna like. Absolutely. We'll we'll get the rating. What's the rating? 
That goes down a lot easier. That's going to be about an eight. Wow. Already six and a half to an eight. And what's it been? Five minutes. Love it. Let's see where we go over the next 30, 40 minutes. There we go. There we go. So John, tell us what you've been up to since the last time we've talked. I mean, we had college basketball. We've had the women's tournament. We've had the men's tournament. We have, I saw your swimming reel. Uh, You were covering some, some college swimming. What have you been up to the past few months? Well, uh, a lot of college sports, a lot of college basketball, great to be with the Fox College Hoops family again. You know, I ended up calling a really good portion of of college basketball and actually got into Big East basketball games for the first time in, in my career. And that's something that, that I never take anything for granted, but certainly a blessing. Grateful to get that call, you know, for, for me as a 25-year-old on their roster, it's, it's really something that uh, – I think is special and I'm really grateful for it. You know, in our industry, of course, there's things that you you have to have, but there are so many talented men and women, so many people that are really talented. And uh, I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. You know, it's, it's a joy um, to get that call because it's something that's not easy to get. And I, I consider it a privilege. And so I call a lot of play by play for college basketball for men's and women's basketball um, did the Big East Women's Tournament, teamed up with Kim Adams and then Lisa Bynes and Sarah Kustak. We had record ratings for Fox Sports in the Big East Women's Tournament. The Connecticut Huskies have a thing or two to do with that. It was wonderful to be able to call a game for Paige Beckers and the Huskies. I mean, that was, that was really cool. Uh, when you grow up watching UConn win national championships to then do the gold standard um, and do that, you know, pregame shoot-around call with Gino Ariema, it's awfully cool. So uh, combined with hosting Big East shoot-around throughout the season. I did it from this home set. You're looking at the uh, at our backdrop <laughs> and uh, did that throughout the season. And, you know, guys, I've never been more tired during a season, but I've also never felt more of a reward because it was so great to see players and coaches get to do what they love, and it was even better to cover it, which is what I love and which is what we obviously love. So um, I uh, – covering the season from home certainly – um, could be taxing at times because it was long nights and you're, you're like kind of, you're, you know, you get bored just watching the game on your couch when, when I wasn't calling games, but there are far bigger problems in our world to cover college hoops, um, to go to the NCAA tournament. I went to Hinkle Fieldhouse for some of it and to now be in the midst of our spring sports. I just got done doing the, the men's and women's soccer championships and the swimming and diving championships in the big East. And, you know, guys, my biggest takeaway is, is that life is sacred. And, and for these kids, this is not what they signed up for when they, when they, you know, came on to their respective colleges to compete in front of no one. I give them a world of credit for generating the energy, for doing what they love, um, for managing these times. You know, we're out of college. I wouldn't have wanted to be a college student during all this shit, you know, and that's what it's been. It's been a lot of shit. And, you know, somebody could say, well, the college students, come on, like, why are you, you're, you're feeling bad for them? You know, like there's, there's people passing away. Of course, uh, this pandemic's been terrible. I hope that out of the last 12, 13 months, we've all learned to be better to each other, be good to people. We got a lot of work to do, but we can get there. And um, sports can be a device for a lot of things. And I've seen the smiles, the elation of a champion. Jake, you see it all the time in your play-by-play. And in your PA, and we just saw it at the Big East Women's Soccer Championship, the joy on Jenna Menta's face when she hits a game-winning goal for Georgetown. Like, 
okay, is Jenna Menta a household name? No. But you know what? Do I feel that happiness when I'm calling that moment? Hell yeah. And that's freaking awesome. And when we went out, when we went without that for months and months and months, it sucked. It's great to have normalcy returning. And um, I've been really privileged to be a part of some of that normalcy being the voice of some of these college sports events. John, I, I think we want to hear more about, about Hinkle Fieldhouse too. You had the opportunity to go and see a few of the Big East teams in action out in Indianapolis this year. The first really in recent college basketball history where it's a regionalized tournament in every sense of the word. Every game is played within that 60-mile radius of Indianapolis. What was it like? What were some of your observations? And should the NCAA do this again? The NCAA should have the tournament at Hinkle Fieldhouse in some capacity every single year. Hinkle Fieldhouse should be a first and second round site. It should be a Sweet 16 site. It was that good. It's a college venue. It felt like the old school tournaments when you played at a venue and they kept the center court logo. And it was kind of cool to have that school get a spotlight. And it feels old school. It feels vintage. Even though it was a March Madness court, everything about Hinkle feels traditional. And that's what it felt like. And you know what? Indy was lively. Indianapolis was lively with people. You had different fan bases. You had people socially distanced. It didn't feel the same as a full house. But guys, my takeaway was, man, there's an energy. It feels like like a year ago, we had nothing. A year later, I'm seeing signs of the norm, of what we experienced. And to see that at Hinkle Fieldhouse, it was only fitting that we saw it at Hinkle. Uh, but then at Lucas Oil Stadium, I mean, just, you know, I credit to Indianapolis. You know, uh, I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go on record right now as a Clevelander. I'm going to name Indianapolis America's underrated city. Wow. Do you know why they have terrific venues, nice people, waiters or waitresses that'll give you a free drink. I can attest. I went to a speakeasy in Indy during the <laughs> and uh, I met a bartender named Hope. And uh, I got a couple of free drinks that I, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I don't know how happy your girlfriend's going to be about that, but go on. No, she's listening. So she'll talk to me. After. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be in trouble. Um, the point being is, you know, like uh, it was fun. It was fun to get out there and it's an underrated city. Think of all the things that Indianapolis does for us as a country. They host the NFL draft combine. They were the calling card for March madness. Um, the home of Peyton Manning, always to me. I mean, of gem like Peyton, the home of Reggie Miller. Indianapolis is a wonderful city. Doesn't get its due credit, and I want to give them credit for all that they uh, brought to us here in March Madness. They, is there ever been a time where Indianapolis has failed to deliver a big sporting event? The answer is no. So I'm going to give them credit. I'm going to give them a lot of credit. There's also the Indy 500, too. Of yeah. course. How could I forget the Indy 500? Yeah the speedway. It's great. It's, it's fantastic. Good hotels, nice people, Butler blue, um, a little bit of everything. St. Elmo's, Harry and Izzy's medium rare, uh, glass <laughs> of red, glass of white, another sip of Sam Adams, wicked easy. <laughs> he is just so smooth with it. John Fanta, ladies and gentlemen, smoothest guy in the business. Um, but this was an exciting tournament for you too. Not only did you have the opportunity to go, but you also, you know, you are a very unbiased person, but you had your friend 
Patrick Ewing and the Georgetown Hoyas, <laughs> you know, make a little run and uh, surprise some surprise some people. How was that experience too? Especially having a friend and a coach, and uh, you know, watching that team come from an underdog to you know putting stringing together a couple wins. You know, you could feel John Thompson inside Madison Square Garden, Big East Tournament Week. He was inside the building. He was the towel on Patrick Ewing's shoulder. Um, he is Georgetown. He is Big East basketball. And in a year, in a year of the unprecedented, part of the unprecedented is that John Thompson was not inside Madison Square Garden. He's always there. When he, wasn't, when he hasn't been there as a coach, he's been there as a radio analyst for Westwood One. He's a staple to the Big East tournament. And for me, I found it interesting that Connecticut came back to the Big East this year and holds seven Big East tournament championships. For those who don't know, that's tied for the record, or at least it was. And heading into the season, everyone said, oh, like the common fan said, that, that's not a UConn fan. Oh, you know, anybody but UConn for this year's Big East champions, they can't come back into the conference and win the conference title. We can't have that. Well, it's almost like John Thompson was the, the puppet master. He made sure Connecticut is now no longer tied for first with the most Big East tournament titles. That title belongs to the Georgetown Hoyas the original beast of the Big East, the first beast of the Big East, the first national championship program. This is huge for Georgetown. And you know what? Patrick Ewing showed he can coach. He showed he could do it. All that doubt, all those people who said, uh-uh. He just took a team pick last in their conference and won the Big East title. This would be like the Jets winning the AFC East. Oh. That's what it would be like. And that's what this was. Patrick Ewing and Georgetown, unbelievable run. And for Patrick, his confidence, his swagger inside his home, it is his house. And you know what? If they need to check anything, any credential again, they could look up to the rafters or he can walk in with a Big East championship trophy. He's got more than enough to choose from. It was damn cool to cover. I was honored to cover it in person. And I'm so happy for Patrick because I know he can coach. And I know they lost Kudus Wahab to transfer, but I think the Hoyas – are going to be a factor going forward. I don't think it's a fluke. I think they put it together, and I think that they have some emerging recruiting pieces that can lead them to stay in contention. So I know Will and I are both dying to ask you this. You know Patrick Ewing better than a lot of people. How much do you think that played into the whole credential mishap? And, hey, sir, where's your credential? Why are you going out on the court? Do you think that actually fueled him a little bit? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. He – that was Hoya paranoia to him. Mm. Well, um, there's, a, there's a saying out there. It ain't Hoya paranoia if they don't hate you. Mm. And there is an idea like if you're getting hated on or you're getting disrespected, that's Hoya paranoia. You know, Big John kind of fueled the fire sometimes by creating narratives and different things that weren't actually true. But, but in the minds of his players, they were totally true. And that's not to criticize Big John. you got to motivate your kids any way you can. And that's what Big John did. So for Patrick, his kids fed off the fact that these people don't know who we are. They got us counted out against Villanova. Oh, Seton Hall will coast by us. Creighton's going to win the Big East by 10 points, 12 points. 
It's why you play the games. And Georgetown, they weren't taking no for an answer. They were not taking no for an answer. And that's why I was laughing as three guys from MSG security, the heads of security, were walking Patrick Ewing around the garden the rest of the week to make sure there were no issues. I freaking loved it. And I still love it. I think it's awesome. I could, I just couldn't believe it as Nick, as a Nick fan. When I heard that story, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. His name's in the Raptors. I'm like, nuts. I'm like, the Knicks are a historic franchise, but he is on the Mount Rushmore of Knicks all he's, time. Yo, he's he's not one of the best four question. of all time. There's yes. not even a question. And to but disrespect him like that, I was like, I, I told Jake that day, I was like, Georgetown's going to make a run. I was like, Georgetown is going to make a run because you don't piss off a guy like that. You don't. You can't piss off Patrick Ewing. <laughs> in his house. In the house. It was in his in house. Yeah, that's, no, that's it, disrespectful. It, it is disrespectful. And you know what? Um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, like he's seven foot two. <laughs> Why do you think he's in the building? You think he's in for a routine COVID test? Are you freaking kidding me? Come on. Like, what the hell? Somebody, somebody was, I hope they did a Patrick Ewing, like, you know, you know, like the old SpongeBob training video for how to make a Krabby Patty. <laughs> I hope they did one of those for Ewing later that week, like on the, for all the employees, like have everybody come to the, come and take a seat and let's watch an old Patrick Ewing, how to know Patrick Ewing training video. It was yeah, just craziness, but uh, so looking into the future, the way, way, way too early is what, how do you think the big East is going to play out between, you know, we can do this in two parts first on some big East players heading into the NBA draft. There were some surprise names, some guys returning, some guys transferring um, how they're going to fare into the NBA. And then also what the conference is going to look like next season. <laughs> Well, we'll start with what the conference is going to look like next season, and that is that the Villanova Wildcats have won the Big East Championship uh, and could very well win the national championship. I mean, they could. They could. If that team's not in the Final Four, I'd actually be surprised. I'm serious. Like, that's how good I think that they're going to be. Um, when you, you do not welcome back an All-American point guard, Colin Gillespie, and a really, really well-rounded, experienced four-man in Jermaine Samuels. And, oh, by the way, What's the sign of a great program when you can connect the old with the new? You have a fifth, you have two fifth year players and they're going to have the opportunity to teach Jay Wright's best recruiting class ever, ever. Villanova at the top NBA draft. I think James Booknight uh, will be a top 20 pick. Um, I think James Booknight, although he's been injured, has it in him to be a good professional player for a long time. Um, he's got terrific floor vision, a knack for the moment, uh, a really good feel for the game. And when healthy, good two-way player, tough, um, not afraid to be physical. And although he's dealt with some injuries, I still like his upside. There's too much upside there to be negative. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a pro. You know, I think he'll go later first round. I think his stock could rise a little bit like Sadiq Bays did. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is the perfect NBA player for this version of the NBA. He's a four-man who can hit a 15 to 18-foot shot. You know, he can hit the three if you need him to, but he hits a baseline jumper. You know how we said that the 15-footer is the going away? It's coming back in the NBA. It's coming back. 
And Jeremiah Robinson Earl has that. Not a great ball handler. doesn't need to be. He'll get better in that area. This is a good format. He's going to get drafted as well. You know, beyond that, um, Sandro Mamoukalashvili could get selected in the second round. Not exactly sure there. Um, you know, David Duke has a candidacy. Do I see him getting drafted? I, I don't see him getting drafted, but I think he'll get a chance in the NBA G League. Um, but I think that that's what you're looking at when you think about the conference heading into this upcoming season. I'm trying to think, am I missing anybody uh, that's heading to the draft? I think he got everyone. Yeah, uh, Champagne, if he gets, I mean, the, the, he's yeah, up in the air. But... Champagne's going to come back to St. John's. I do. That's I what we, that's the, that's, yeah. I think Dawson Garcia will come back to Marquette. Mm-hmm. By oh, the way, watch out. Watch out, okay? Um, oh, Shaka, yeah. That's fair I'm enough. Intrigued. I'm starting to get intrigued by Shaka Smart and Marquette. They're bringing in good recruits. He's going to be a better coach than Steve Wojciechowski. Um, they upgrading the coach. They're getting talent. The Big East is a little murky in the middle. You know, not sure. I will say big winners of the offseason thus far. Big winners of the offseason. Butler, they welcome everyone back. In a world of 1,200 transfers, Butler brings everyone back. All those seniors are coming back. Seton Hall, they get Kadari Richmond from Syracuse, good player. They get Alexis Yetna from USF, quality player. Kevin Willard just retools, and he's going to have the Pirates back at it. He, Kevin Willard is not happy that they missed the tournament this past year. He felt they should have been in it. Roden and Cal are back. Seton Hall is going to be a factor. Those are the two biggest winners. Uh, Villanova is the biggest, but after, the, after Villanova, I think those two, Seton Hall and Butler, are the next biggest. What are your thoughts on uh, Mike Anderson and St. John's with all these transfers? Well, I think um, what happened there is this is Posh Alexander and Julian Champagny's team. And I think as a result, certain guys want, wanted to be their team. And all those guys have transferred down. Marcellus Arlington to San Diego. Um, was it Greg Williams to Louisiana? I think I saw. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Rasheem Dunn to Robert Morris too. Yeah, they're all transferring down to be the star. That's fine. If, if you want to go be the star somewhere, you go ahead. But Pasha Alexander and Julian Champagny are not giving that role up, nor should they. Nor should they. You know, the, the idea of role players is now in a very interesting spot, guys. Like, who embraces their role? The teams that have guys who embrace their roles the best are the teams that are going to win. It's not to say those guys shouldn't have transferred down to be the star player. If that's what you want to be, that's fine. Um, but there have been good role players who have made a career in the NBA. There have been. Just because you're not the best player on your college team doesn't mean that you can't do something beyond college. We've seen it before several times. Um, you know, Dante DiVincenzo was the fourth best player on Villanova, ended up in the NBA. You know, look at uh, – just just if you look around, you, you could find guys that have been able to make a career for themselves without maybe being their, the best player. Kaiser Gates for Xavier. You know, went early, wasn't the best player for Xavier, but now it's kind of been toying back and forth with the league. Uh, and there are others that, that you would say the same thing about. So, like – it's not the, the pure determinant of what your role is on your college team. If you're a good player, you embrace your role. I think you've got a better chance at, a, at something than, than if you're having to take 25 shots a game for a mediocre to bad team. If I'm those St. John's kids, you've got to do you, you know, and I don't know what the politics are inside the building, but this is Pasha Alexander and Julian Champagne's team. And I'm really glad that, look, the transfers, are they a good look? No, but, but can St. John's, get good talent they already have 
they already brought in Wheeler. They've got Soriano. They've got um, uh, Mathis coming in. Like St. John's has picked up some good transfers. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I think it's a, a real crowded portal this year. You see a lot of guys going uh, to one bid leagues, and it just is what it is. It's the nature of the beast this year. So hopefully it works itself out, and I, I think it will. I want to jump ship to your Cleveland Indians now as we get into baseball, and you finish beer number two, my friend. Good for you. I'm still halfway through this. Well, um, Cleveland Indians are eight and seven this year. They're second uh, in the AL Central. What are you seeing from Cleveland this year, John? Well, great pitching, shitty hitting. Um, right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just not a – I mean, I'm sorry. They're, this is not a good offensive team. You know, yeah. they, uh, they are 28th in batting average. Um, they are hitting 149 as a team with runners in scoring position. That is dead last in baseball. They still have Jose Ramirez. They still have Fran Mel Reyes. And it's it's cold in Cleveland. It's 37 degrees right now. And you could argue, well, both teams have to play in it. When, yeah, but when you're home and you're consistently playing in, like, 30-degree weather, it's bad. The pitching is good. Again, the pitching is good. They have a top-five rotation in baseball. Their bullpen, they picked up Emmanuel Classe, who was suspended last year, but the guy's hitting 100 on the radar. You've got Classe, Karen Check, you've got uh, Brian Shaw back in the equation. They've got Nick Wicker, and like the Indians have pitching. Shane Bieber might be the best pitcher in baseball. In fact, get this. Shane Bieber is the first pitcher in baseball to strike out 10 or more hitters in the first four starts of a season since 1896. Wow. Oh, my God. That's insane. He's having an amazing career, guys. This guy's not getting enough national attention. He was the AL Cy Young last year, and a lot of people were like, shortened season doesn't really count. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hate – like, in baseball, we just have to be more fun. Okay? <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. It's like Manfred is Mr. No Fun. Like, come on, Rob. Wake up. It's you know? been, like, it's been tough. Yeah, it's Rob. Been drink tough. A, Rob, drink a beer. <laughs> <laughs> drink a I was waiting for the, the just the transition into the ad read drink us a, uh, a wicked hazy IPA by Sam Adams and you'll feel a lot better right drink it Ron Manfred drink a wicked easy and maybe you'll be feeling easier with a Sam Adams <laughs> Can I give you a standing ovation from here it's 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 it is just crazy how unfun the game is. And we say this every year and nothing backwards hat, John Fanta. He's got it all. He's got it all, but it just, it has not been fun, but we had this conversation the last time you're on the podcast, the Indians just know how to breed pitchers. And I feel bad that one year, you know, and maybe it's this season or in a couple seasons, people are going to compare Shane Bieber to Jacob deGrom. This absolute, goat of a pitcher, this amazing player, this 10, 11, 12 strikeout games, but they lose 2-1. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, Jacob deGrom ends up not getting as much credit because of his record at times and because of little intricacies, you know, that are that's so mess. Uh, but Shane Bieber, like – he, he's putting up Corey Kluber-like numbers. And Corey Kluber's a top-five pitcher in Indians history. You know, and Shane Bieber's 25 years of age. It's crazy. But you know what happens when you have that guy? You don't end up going on long losing streaks more times than not. Because you have Bieber. 
you have Aaron Savali. Zach Plesak actually hasn't been as good to start the season, but when he gets going. Um, you have Tristan McKenzie, who's a young arm who's, who can really throw. So, like, the Indians have the pitching to, to hang around. I think it's around a 500 club this year. I don't think it's a particularly good ball club. They might get 84, 85 wins, but they, they do not possess a lineup that's capable of putting up 90, 91 wins. If they do that, then Terry Francona might be the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> hey, we're listen, we're in the same boat. Our Yankees – I don't want to talk about our Yankees. That's for it might be time to move on from Aaron Boone. Yeah, listen, I'm I am all for it. I am I'm tired of it. All you complained about Joe Girardi. I think I'd take Girardi at this rate. Anyone, anyone would. Girardi, Mattingly, have him stand out the door. I I really don't care. But not Aaron Boone. Um, He belongs in the ESPN booth with Matt Vasgersian and A Rod. I think. Could A-Rod manage the Yankees? Oh, um, mm. I don't want that. I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. I just don't think he's ready yet. No. I don't think maybe Maybe yet. J-Lo managing the Yankees. Who? Maybe J-Lo. J-Lo. Maybe J-Lo commanding Terry Collins. <laughs> I, John, listen. Somebody has to spark something in that dugout. And if it's Terry Collins, I, you know, as – I never, ever thought I would say this, but whoever can come in and light a fire under these guys' ass is someone I want there. Hey, I, I want to bring back Buck. Bring back Buck Showalter. He got yeah, I would take Buck. Chip. He got cheated out of a championship. He Hey, Rook, the White Sox brought back Tony La Russa, who Yeah, who I'm not, I'm not crazy. driving drunk and has a job. <laughs> it's like the only profession where you can do that. Because I'm not driving at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So that's enough about baseball, Cleveland Indians. Crappy, crappy baseball teams. Yeah, it's crappy baseball. That's, that's fine with me. I'm pre- I'd prefer to move on from this topic, actually. Um, let's talk about the Browns. We, the last time we caught up with you, I think October, November, something like that, you were optimistic. Obviously, you were right because what they did in the playoffs was great. They got to the Chiefs, ultimately couldn't beat them. But, I mean, what a game that was. The Browns season, just your thoughts and uh, where this team is heading. Wow, this team is heading towards a Super Bowl championship. Um, they are building towards it, that's for sure. Um, you can call me cocky or too much, but I will tell you that you don't just pick up John Johnson and Hill and Jadavian Clowney unless you're trying to win it all. I'm not sitting here and saying that they're going to win it all, uh, but you asked me where they're heading towards. They're certainly not heading towards anywhere else. They're trying to head towards being at the top. They're trying to head towards an AFC North championship. Do they play in one of the toughest divisions in football? Hell yeah. It's really hard. And it's difficult. You know, Uh, I think we know that. But by the same token, the Cleveland Browns have the best running game in football. They have a quarterback who is more than capable to perform on the big stage. Baker Mayfield, if you're still like doubting him or you're still being critical of him, shove it up your ass. Seriously. I mean, come on, hold on. (laughs) Baker has definitely. He silenced the the doubters. He really has. I don't have time for you. You're, you know, like you're, you're, come on, you're, you're like the uncle at the dinner table brings up politics, like go away. You know, nobody wants to talk with you. Go back <laughs> to the basement. 
Like, let's all get along and let's stop hating on Baker. You know, like, I, I just don't understand the hate on Baker. And those people know who they are. Um, he makes the game fun, too. So, so, John, who's the last Cleveland Browns quarterback that was this good? Oh, there hasn't been one. That, is, um, that might be a thing. There genuinely might. Well, that might be the best quarterback. Came back, but the last yeah. time they had a quarterback this good, you had to go back to Brian Sype and Tony <sighs> Kozar. Yeah. Those are not names that I know. So that means that it's like, it's, he's the truth, right? 30 years ago, you know, it's been a long time. And you know, the, the Browns, like the biggest flaw with the Browns is their defense was just not consistent. Like they were, they, they were more than capable of giving up touchdowns consistently to teams. You know, they just, they, they didn't have a good secondary. Um, Andrews and Deho bothers me. And uh, he was their safety and he wasn't very good. Um, and then they had Denzel Ward kind of hurt at times. Grant Delpit was out for the whole season. Remember, the Browns got the LSU star, Grant Delpit, in the draft, and people called him a steal. We never watched him play a down. Now they got Johnson, they got Hill, they got Jadavion Clowney. You have Clowney and Miles Garrett on your defensive line. And think about this. The Cleveland Browns now have the number one picks from the 2014, 2017, and 2018 drafts. Wow. Clowney, Miles Garrett, and Baker Mayfield. The Browns are going to be good again. Um, I think that they could be in an AFC championship game and I wouldn't blink at all. This team's for real. They kind of remind me of the bills, you know, like the bills ascendance, but I think they're, they have a better running game than the bills. Now it's just a question of, do they have as good a defense? In fact, I'm going to go on record right now. Browns bills, AFC title game next season. Wow. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. You know, I, I think the Chiefs kind of descended a little bit. They, they, they kind of cleared house on their offensive line. They brought in Joe Tooney, which is a great piece. But, you know, they, they showed their woes in the Super Bowl and throughout the playoffs. And I really don't think, th- I don't think there's that many better teams in the AFC than the Browns and the Bills. Um, number three. <laughs> oh, my God. Number there's three. another one. <laughs> John Fanta has gone off the rails, folks. Let's get number four. so the draft is about a week away by the time this airs who i believe the browns have a 26th pick around that neighborhood you know towards the bottom of the first the first round any prospects stick out in mind you know what i i do have a couple hold on i have to get up my uh text messages from a couple days ago because i have submitted some guys that i like Okay. I like Owusu Karamoa, the linebacker. I think he would be good for the Browns in their, um, let's see, they kind of run a, a 4 2 5 defense. People don't run that much. That's what they run. They run like a 4 2 5. They put five secondary players on the field and kind of fly around. So I would like, I would like a really good linebacker. You know, I know that linebackers, sometimes people say, oh, you could get a good linebacker in the second or third rounds. But the Browns have a gaping hole at linebacker. So I like Karamoa quite a bit. And I also like um, Levi Omozukri. Excuse me. Omozuriki? Omozuriki? Yeah. Uh, With this wicked hazy, that name comes a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) They have more than three Sam Adams. That that name starts to get a little jumbled, right? Yeah, it does. And you know what? Um, Greg Newsom the second is another guy. Also Barmore. Barmore from Alabama. Christian Barmore, yes. I'm a big Christian Barmore guy. 
you know, they're they're talking about he's uh they're saying that he might be like a real sleeper in the draft this year because he's good. He's a big dude. He's a nose tackle. They're going to try to play him there. Oh yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah, load it up. I'm all, I'm all in. I'm all in on, on Barmore. I like big men playing football. You know? <laughs> I was a left guard. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm all that. I always I had this coach, Dennis Chambers. Okay. Yeah. A grown up. And before every game, every game, guys, he would look at us and he blows his whistle and he'd go, gentlemen, the game is won and lost at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and you know what? He was exactly right. Because the game is won and lost at the line. And we don't talk about it enough. The Browns got, like, they already got Clowney. They got Garrett. Imagine one more good pass rusher. We're talking, we're talking, you know, elite, like we're, we're already talking elite, but we're talking like tops in the league. Cause Miles Garrett's not a human. No, no, no. he's, he's a dinosaur personified. He is just, he is something else. I mean, he is, he is just no stop and having Clowney too, just takes away the, like, it'll take away the double team, you know, because I was Miles Garrett's biggest problem was always, you know, the best player on the line, the offensive line is going to double team Miles Garrett. You bring in a guy like Clowney, who he's not at the level he used to be, but he's a name and a and an aggressive body that it takes away that double team, and it's just going to open the hole for so many more sacks, so many more pressures, so many more quarterback knockdowns. Like that was a big win for the Browns, and they didn't overpay either. And you know what else? They got their coach. Mm. They finally got a coach who makes a lot of sense. I thought Kevin Stefanski did a good job, and you know what? You know what's the ultimate testament to a coach, guys? When the coach isn't on the sidelines, how does the team play? Almost like yeah. when, a bo- when a boss is out of the office, how does the, the workplace perform? Do they get their jobs done and work the full nine to five? Or do they go buddy the elf in the mailroom? <laughs> you know, like that's what do you That's do? an A-plus reference. Wow. Yeah. Buddy yeah. the Elf after a couple shots of, uh, of J-Mo in the coffee or whatever it was. Yeah, right. A couple of wicked easy. <laughs> we got to get a, a Sam Adams sponsorship after this one. I mean, Here's we're plugging away. Presented by Sam Adams, wicked easy. <laughs> I think and my favorite read ever, John, was the Geico read from this weekend. And I'm sitting here with a PA mic going, do you own a, do you own a rent your home? Sure you do. That's why saving it. <laughs> that's why bundling your home and car insurance with Geico is easy. Geico.com easy. It's like <laughs> just a methodical ring to it. We need to get a Sam Adams wicked. Right. Easy means, wow. There's no one in the stands. I, I'm literally, I've filmed myself saying that stuff on Snapchat because I'm advertising to nobody, literally you. You're one of maybe four people in the press box, and it was just us. It's crazy. When I, when I sign up for Guy Paul, I'm going to use your name. You should. <laughs> that, that, guy, uh, that guy at Chappie Field at Anderson Stadium said that I should go to Geico.com. By the way, I want to apologize to the Chappie family uh, for calling them the Chappies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Chappie's a real nice guy, too. He'll accept your apology. No harm, no foul. No <laughs> You're harm, not a no bad foul. guy in prior time. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Hey, go Friars. Um, speaking, we, we covered all the, we covered all the Cleveland sports. Uh, let's head into some other things that you, that took place with you over the past couple of weeks. You also had the chance to hop on a barstool podcast, um, a barstool podcast that 
we really enjoy as well with Rico Bosco, uh, Jake Marsh, and Marty Mush. How was uh, your time on the on the uh, bench mob? Well, um, the barstool bench mob was an experience and a half. I, I loved it. Uh, I've gotten to know Rico uh, via Twitter DM. Uh, he's very nice to me. Uh, I'm very nice to him. We are very kind. We are uh, friends. Uh, Big Cat, uh, Dan calls me Johnny Fanta. I was going to say, why are they all calling you Johnny Fanta? Just because of Dan Katz? Uh, and only my grandma has ever called me. <laughs> um, she's only allowed to do that. So Barstool, I guess, is, is has named me Johnny uh, Fanta, which is fine. Um, but great to join the Barstool guys. I love it. And um, I love joining them. You know, I know everyone has a different opinion on Barstool. At the end of the day, these are guys talking sports that love sports and love having fun and love catering to the sports fan. And um, I love joining the bench mob. It was a lot of fun. Hey, we're just happy we beat them to two guests that they really wanted. You were one of them and coach Jared Grasso. We beat them to two. Mm -hmm. um, so we're happy to, uh, you know, have, have the leg over them with that. But when we heard that, it was funny because that episode was literally like our lives. They talked to you and then they talked about Bryant basketball, which was well, that like, was the same. Yeah. That was the same episode that, uh, that Rico jinxed Bryant, I guess, because they won the <laughs> NEC semifinal. And then Rico Bosco texts Jared Grasso and says, Hey coach, after, uh, after Tuesday, we'll, we'll have you on the show. And then they, 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 they lost. It's like, what the hell? He jinxed him. Oh, Rico. Yeah. Rico's a character. Rico is a character. Um, I don't know what his career record is betting, but it can't be great. <laughs> uh, Marty Mush, I called it Mush Madness on the show. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? Jake Marsh uh, is a great guy. Um, I wish him continued success. He's a terrific, terrific guy. Um, you know, has done terrific work with Vermont. Well-respected, good person. Um, I, I really enjoy his work. And uh, yeah, I love joining those guys. We need to have more fun in college basketball. You know, it's okay to have fun. Like, like let's have fun. You know, let's, let's drink a Sam Adams Wicked Easy. Let's talk hoops. Let's have fun talking about it. It's a good thing. It's good for activities. Same problem that baseball has. Like, the NBA has grown its level of excitement because they have fun. The NFL is king because they have fun. And they, they, they like, it's just the, it's the talk of the water cooler every Monday for good reason. So like what I loved about the Barstool Mensch Bob, what I love about beers, business and balls is you guys like to have a good time. And that's what life should be, you know? So I had four beers on a podcast. So my, <laughs> so my girlfriend might want to kill me. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know my, my girlfriend doesn't, my girlfriend's the best thing that happened to me in this college basketball season. That is the next point too. I mean, we, we, we talked about your life in the past year. You got a beautiful girlfriend with you as well now. I do. I have a beautiful girlfriend. We met at a, a Christmas tree farm. <laughs> uh, I, I like to say I met her between two, two ferns. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> yes. uh, call, call me um, a double XL reindeer. If you will. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, um, I was so excited um, that I said to this one girl, I said, uh, wow. I said, who was friends with her? I said, wow, is she single? And um, within five minutes, the first date was set up. 
And, you know, it's, it's funny, we were on our first date and I was so nervous. Um, and um, apparently I, I, I don't wear American Eagle jeans. Do you guys wear American Eagle jeans? <laughs> I can't <laughs> say I do. No. <laughs> wore these American Eagle jeans over. And when you buy new American Eagle jeans, I don't think I would fit into them. When you buy new American Eagle jeans, apparently they're very like blue or black or whatever, and they can stain. Oh. So on the first date, I was sitting on the couch um, and she was Indian style on the floor. And I thought to myself, God, this is not going well at all. Like this is not, this is not going to end well. Uh, she must hate me. Well, it was because the jeans would stain the couch if she sat on it. Oh, okay. All right. So then her friend got her a blanket. She came up to me. She, you know, we, you know, we watched Home Alone together. Uh, it was a great first date. And ever since then, we've just hit it off. And uh, God bless her, Victoria. She keeps me in line. Where's uh Where's your favorite spot there? What's like your favorite activity you guys have done together? Eating. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I would love to go out to dinner with her. Um, we took a walk around the Hoboken Pier. Um, playing with her dogs is fun. Um, but just uh, eating, yeah, love love hitting up good restaurants uh, with someone instead of just by myself at the table. Um, you know, uh, we went to uh, a place called Casabella um, in the Mountain Lakes area, Boudin Township area. That's where she's from in New Jersey. Jersey born and bred. Her last name's Rizzo, which if your last name's Rizzo, you're in my book because it means, hey, you know, a thing or two about spaghetti. <laughs> so, uh, she's great. Well, that's great to hear, John. We're super happy for you. Uh, thank you for just being, uh, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that guys. This is unfiltered yeah. Fanta hours right unfiltered, now. Is, yeah. We're just getting, we're getting the inner workings of your mind, man. I love this. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, there it goes. Almost. <laughs> and I was at the, I was at Seton Hall today, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> for those that can't see on the video, obviously Seton Hall basketball shirt and the Hall hat on. Is there anything better than this, than this logo? Oh my, yeah, no, that's really that's cool. A it's a pirate. I love the old pirate. This is PJ Carlissimo. This is South Orange. This is uh, it's like Bill Raftery, Seton Hall. Oh yeah, this is the old school. You know the hall, the the hall and uh, and Providence have a lot in common. They do, like you know, kind of small school, not the most money in the bunch, kind of make it work. Two two coaches who, you know. Our basketball born and bred, you know, Ed Cooley with Val Skinner and the Flex and all that. Kevin Willard. People don't know this about Kevin. Like, like they know it, Jake and Will, but like Coach Willard, you know, like he was with Rick Patino in Louisville days and with the Boston Celtics. Like when people say Kevin Willard's a really good coach, well, like, hold on a second. Like when you say that, you're right. But if you guys are like me, like, doesn't it always come off as like people are surprised that he's a good coach? The, the guy worked for Rick Pitino. Yeah. He, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. You and know, speaking like, of Rick Pitino too, how about the year that Iona had? They, they, wow. kept, uh, they kept Alabama at bay almost. Not really, but um, just the year that they had shredding it up in the MAC. Um, is Rick Pitino the coldest coach ever or what? Oh, yeah. He's the coldest coach ever. He's top five best coach ever. 
Um, I believe Rick Pitino is going to win an NCAA tournament game, if not two, before he's done. Wow. At Iona. At Iona. Oh, at Iona. Okay. I believe Rick Pitino as a 15 seed with Iona is going to be the two. And it is going to be freaking cool. <sighs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I Alabama disappointed afterwards, but I was like, do not sleep on Iona upsetting them. I mean, no, I'm like, calling it right yeah. now. I'm calling it right now. Now, that Rick, was one of the most popular upsets, too, of this year. It was. It was. Rick Pitino's going to get it done. Like, he's going to win a tournament game, if not a couple of tournament games. It fits perfect in Iona. Rick lives in New York. You know, he loves the golf up there at, like, Shinnecock Hills and all those courses. You know, he's a big New York guy. You know, loves, loves a good Italian meal, loves a bottle of wine. Like, this is perfect for Rick to ride off into the sunset. And Iona's great. Love the Gales. Love everything about them. And um, I give, you know, here's what I'm going to say. Pe- people might take this the, like, like a different way. I will give Rick credit because Rick has been through a lot of shit. And it could have been easy for Rick to quit. Like to just stop coaching and kind of go away. And someone, someone might say, well, you know, Rick needs to be the center of attention or Rick needs to, you know, like show that he has the last word. Did Rick do some things that are wrong? Yeah. Yes. Um, do I fault him for not acknowledging them? Yes, I do. But college basketball is better when Rick Pitino is a part of it. And I appreciate him going to Iona and going through multiple COVID pauses and still getting his team to the tournament and giving up and giving Alabama a game. Like I can both say that I acknowledge Rick Pitino's faults while also saying Rick Pitino's a freaking great coach. And if anybody doesn't think that, come on, stop it. Stop yourself. Do not piss off John Fano when it comes to Rick Pitino and Baker Mayfield. Those are the two guys that are just, they deserve the, they deserve the credit. They deserve all the credit. They do. I'll give Rick some credit there. Rick, Rick Pitino, is he the best guy in the world? No. But does the guy know how to win? Yes. And am I going to bet against him? No. So this may be asking a little bit too much and maybe to divulge some of your all met ballot here but is he the the new york area coach of the year do you think or curious to hear what you had on your your ballot for that uh and in particular yeah i didn't think they had enough body of work for me to vote him coach of the year i actually voted coach peichel at Rutgers coach of the year um i give coach peichel a lot of credit i think he would have been the coach of the year last year well i i believe he was but i'm giving it to him and um after long deliberation i believe the i i voted sandro mamukel really is my haggerty yeah, same here. My ballot was, I think, very similar to yours. And um, th- this was a weird year because you had a guy like Bashir Mason at Wagner as That's number five. four. Is that gone? I think it's five. <laughs> number, no? That might be five. I lost count. I lost count with you. Four. <laughs> That's four. four. Yep. Four He's down the hatch. On the floor. So what's the deal? Is the, uh, <laughs> rating, is the rating getting any higher? Yeah, it's up to like an 11. <laughs> <laughs> 11 out of 10, folks. Yeah, but you had a year where Bashir Mason from Wagner, you know, turned his program around and did really well. And a lot of people voted for him too. And, you know, crowded year, crowded year as far as the coaches go. So college basketball, there's nothing, nothing oh, like Oh, I love college basketball. Yep. You don't say, you love college basketball, really? What's that? I said, you love college basketball? I never would have guessed. I love college <laughs> basketball. 
<laughs> oh my god it's a bobble it's no, a bill raftery yes. yeah it was like and you know what this week is bill raftery's birthday nice he looks he looks real good for uh for everything that he's done in his career to be doing all this stuff that he still is now and doing a national championship with jim nance <laughs> oh lovely so in honor, of raft, in honor of raft i'm pulling a raft and i'm just gonna drink the rest of the night <laughs> hey, hey, might as well the night the night she is young that is She's young the motto. it's just after nine o'clock um i think i've had this is my fifth beer in about an hour you're crushing <laughs> through them john you are crushing through them you're gonna get yelled at you better be careful <laughs> if i get yelled at the neighbor in my apartment complex is gonna file a complaint oh, no. <laughs> that would be terrible that would not be good i don't want to be kicked out no, we're not taking the blame for that. No, I don't want to blame. I don't want to send a, a lawsuit to Beer's Business and Ball. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford your legal fees. Now, now, can I ask you guys a question? I'm, I'm an interviewer, as you know. Yeah. So, what have been each of your top three podcast moments of the, of your first year? Now, celebrating your birthday. Oh wow! Yeah. Will, you just wrote the article, so you can go first. Um, top three. I would have to say we interviewed Bobby Valentine. That was a really cool one just because he was probably, you know, someone that my dad watched as like a kid, as a, as a player. Um, we knew him as a manager. He's now in the college sphere. He's done a lot with broadcasting. Like he is all over the map. That was one of the ones where we're like, Oh crap. Like this is a, we're, we're onto something and we can, it was our Oh shit moment. Basically that was our Oh shit moment. Um, my second would have to be the Providence pirates. We had the opportunity to kind of have a long running partnership with them. Pretty much. Uh, our friend is an intern there. We interviewed the CEO and founder, one of our early episodes, he invited us to their inaugural combine. And that was our first sporting event in COVID. Um, because that was like September. So getting that experience and be able to go into games and their media day, that was pretty cool to cover their inaugural season. And then the third, the third, I would have to say, um, well, we interviewed the founder of Untapped, which is our craft beer app. It's an app where you can like check all the craft beers. You can see what breweries are around and stuff. And interviewing the founder was kind of like a fangirl moment of, oh, wow, this is something I use every day. And he was just drinking beers with us. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Those, are, those all check the boxes. I think a few come to mind for me, John. My favorite episode we've ever done, and I think Will would probably concur that this is up there. One of two live shows that we did, and it was at Crooked Current Brewing Company in Pawtucket. Uh, we went on Halloween morning. We went at 10.30 a.m. And we went and uh, it was like our first live show. Of course, we brought our mixer and all our audio equipment. And you know very well that at least one thing goes wrong in all live things, all live sporting productions and stuff. And we're just running a simple mixer and a, you know, a few microphones. And of course, two of our outputs don't work. And we're like, oh shit, this, of course, this is going to happen. So we audibled, we put one mic there. We're just like, all right, everyone stand in front of the mic. <laughs> we're going to talk. And it was great. We had uh, three beers, as Will mentioned, in the top of the show. I think we were walking out of there at one o'clock like, whoa, all right, what do we do now? Like, let's take a couple of seconds and walk around before we get in a car somewhere. And <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was a fun, that was a fun show. We were yeah. good. We're, drink responsibly, everybody. I want to let everyone know I'm not getting into a car today. 
Yeah. John Fanta will not be getting in a car. Let's make that crystal I clear. Did, I still would be better on the New Jersey Turnpike than the majority of the drivers. Yeah, you are not wrong. Would. You're not wrong. Come I don't on. doubt it. <laughs> what else do we have? I think um, I'm looking through our episodes right now, and I think – I mean, not even because you're on the show. Anytime we go on the microphone with you and have a conversation, it's like – you know, whether it's, you know, we interact on Twitter or, you know, you see each other, it's like we pick up like nothing's ever, you know, no time has passed. And it's always just great talking shop with you. I feel so. like an honorary co-host of Beer's Business. You, you know, college you basketball season are. comes on again. We're going to have you on. Maybe give us, you know, five minutes at the end of each show being like, hey, don't sleep on so-and-so, you know. And, and has, coach, has Coach Cooley been on the show yet? He is, uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. We are yeah. negotiating. Hey, any help, you let me know. He needs to get on the show. Uh, and, and, you know, let's do it. Come on. He's, uh, we're, we're talking with Arthur right now. We're, we're going to figure it out at some point. No, yeah, uh, should we? <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> has, uh, has Nick Rojas been on? Cause he'd be interesting. He actually, he's a good dude. And he yeah, actually, he's, his podcast is really funny. He's a, he's a very funny host and he just reviews movies all day. It's hilarious. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah. Rojas is an awesome guy. Um, I would say, you know, anytime we have you on, of course, but I think um, some other moments that stick out, we had Jess Kleinschmidt over at NBC sports uh, on the West coast. She, she does a great job with the, the giants and the A's and, and those, and it was just raw, you know, maybe an hour and a half of just raw content from her life as a reporter and the stories she's been able to cover and the characters she's been able to meet. That was really cool. Uh, another one. So some good moments here, some real good moments, John. And, you know, we're, we're happy that you're on all the time with us too. Uh, as we mentioned, the only three time guests in the show history, congratulations. Hopefully no one gives you a run for your money, but I don't know. We'll see. Nobody can drink five beers on one pod. That is true. Uh, I think, I, I don't know. I'll challenge that. <laughs> How about a guest? Yeah, yeah maybe. We'll give it- okay. Yep. A guest might not be able to do that. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, John, we appreciate it. Thank you for being a forever friend, a forever guest. Uh, what, what are you up to in the next couple weeks and months? With the the boombox beer right next on your shoulder and the sideways cap, <laughs> this is cap. killing me right now. This is awesome. I, lo- I love this. What are you well, up to in the next couple of weeks? I'm calling the Big East Tennis Championship this weekend uh, on the Big East Digital Network. Um, I've got uh, Big East Softball Tournament for Vox Sports in mid-May. Big East Baseball Tournament for Vox Sports. Memorial Day week and one of my favorite weekends of the year. Playoff baseball. Connecticut's going to be back. I'll be out in Cincinnati for that. And then I'm going to hit the pool and drink a lot of Sam Adams. (laughs) (laughs) That is a perfect ending to this this time together. Um, By the way, you just did swimming too. And how cool was that to have somebody look at you and call you Mr. Fantana like you were Brian Fantana from Anchorman? It was amazing. Credit to Richard Nolan who named me uh, John Fantana. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was great. Great to be called Mr. Fantana. It's always been a dream to be related to Brian Fantana, um, the anchorman sidekick. So, you know, I love this time of year. 
Um, I love covering athletes who don't always get a ton of coverage, but deserve it. You know, just because you like, think about this for a moment. So you play football, you get a lot of media attention. Everybody loves you or people don't like you. And you end up being the star of the show, right? Well, the tennis player or the golf player, people don't know as much about him. My job as a Big East host reporter and a Fox Sports commentator is for college sports is let's find the story. Let's find the inspiration. Let's find that. Like, I love telling those stories. You know, I'm getting ready for the NCAA men's soccer charm and I'm covering the Big East teams and that. And I'm talking to players that don't get interviewed a lot over the next couple of days. I love it. The one kid I talked to today is from Sweden. So I asked him about Sweden. And I asked him about like, what's his why? Why does he play soccer? Well, how do you get into it? Like for me, that's so rewarding, you know, than just another interview with a basketball player. So it's, it's a reminder, like as a college sports reporter and commentator, I really love telling the stories of student athletes and giving them a voice when sometimes they don't always have that voice because they don't get a ton of national coverage. Yeah. And I know, I mean, the, if you look at Twitter, everybody appreciates that for sure. Um, they love the work that you do and per wow. Sixth one gone. That's fine. my goodness. Somebody put a wellness check out for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But that's uh the John in all seriousness. That's, that's great stuff. Everybody appreciates the work you do. We appreciate you coming on the show. Tell I, everyone where I haven't drank like this since sophomore year of college. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy it's here. We are very happy it's here. Tell everyone to close uh, before we let you, you know, take a, a nice hot shower and maybe go to bed and take a, a preemptive Advil for the morning. Um, where can everybody find you on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, wherever we can engage with your content, tell our listeners where they can find you. At J-O-H-N underscore Fanta, at John underscore Fanta on Twitter. My DMs are open. My IG messages are open uh, on Facebook as well, John Fanta. Uh, you can follow me at Big East MBB for the latest interviews, reports on Big East men's basketball, Big East YouTube page, at CBB on Fox every now and then for interviews and hits, and at John underscore Fanta, J-O-H-N underscore F-A-N-T-A. Always love joining Beers, Business, and Balls. Happy birthday to Beers, Business, and Balls. And I'm going to cheers to you guys, Jake and Will, for establishing a one-of-a-kind podcast. Congratulations to you both. You're both stars in my book. And I really think you guys are doing a great job with this. Thank you a ton, John. It means the world to us. And we're going to have to have you on for a fourth time and many more to come. So we appreciate it. Stay safe. Have a couple more Sam Adams. I will tell you, John, <laughs> if you come back on the show, you have to multiply the beers that you drank the previous one. So it, it increases. Oh my God, that would be like 16. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome. Well, let's get a keg next time, okay? Let's get a We keg. might have to. We might have to. My fireball. Uh, hopefully our next one's in person too. Hopefully you come to the studio. Uh, we'll get you back out to Friar Town. We'll, we'll go have ourselves tonight, man. I love that. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Take care, John. Thank you. And that was just John Fantana. John Fanta. <laughs> John Fantana. Fantana. The man, the myth, the legend. He's he a was, cousin of Brian Fantana, Paul Rudd. He was an electric factory on this interview, just crushing beers, talking about his life, talking about his new love, his old love in basketball. 
his old love with the Cleveland Indians and the Cleveland Browns. It was a fun, fun time. And we're always happy to talk with John. Uh, he's something special. He is something special indeed. We're going to have to like text him and make sure he's okay in the morning. He's probably a little I'm, hungover. I'm dead serious. He's probably a little hungover. I'll tell you that. I've like, now listen, I would like to think that we can, like, we could probably match him there. I think he had probably what, six beers in an hour and 20 minutes. Like we could definitely match him, but I'll tell you what, I'm no, in no state of mind to match him right now. No way. No, I, I mean, if he I, probably out drink me a light beer right now. If I knew he was going to crush a six pack, I would have joined him, but I got stuff to do tonight as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh man, but. I don't know. What, what can we say about the two guests we've had on? They, they saw us when we were bare bones trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. Um, I think my favorite, like, what the fuck are we doing moment for us was we popped open the Zoom episode one. I introed us in, and the second I tried to read the opening line, I just go, ah, oh, shit, I don't like that. <laughs> and We've come a long way since then. Uh, great guests, met a lot of good people, drank a lot of good beer, talked a lot of news, and we've got a ton more to come. It's going to be real good. Yeah, I mean, just the transition that we went from two bitmojis on a little white background to our friend Zach Mastriani's girlfriend, Katie Gallagher. She's incredible with the graphic design i mean that could be her full-time job if she really wanted to she designed the logo she's a good friend of ours now uh helping us with a lot of different stuff we have a lot of great things i mean some merch concepts coming we mentioned the live interviews a lot more beer content we're gonna dive back into the stock market with more and more business news with some ceos some founders some investors uh, sports personalities, athletes. We have names that are going to impress a lot of people. We're impressed ourselves and we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. That's our good news for the week. That's our positivity corner. It's just, we made it to a year. We yeah. made it to a year. Um, it's definitely not easy, but if it's easy, anyone can do it. So we thank you so much. We thank our team. We thank all of the people that support us and cheers to the next one. Yeah. Cheers. And we, we need to plug Katie's Instagram too. crafty KG. That's K R A F T Y K G homemade stickers and cards. And that's uh, also an Etsy shop of Etsy.com slash shop slash Katie made me K A T Y made me great shit. She's got a lot of shits Creek stickers too. That's very cool. Um, yeah, we, we can't thank everybody enough for being loyal supporters of Beers, Business, Balls, House Enterprise in general. A lot of good stuff coming um, starting next week. You know, we, we've got a lot of good guests that we have filmed already. Some of them are uh, just waiting to be popped up. And then we are uh, hopefully going to be on site with a lot of really kick-ass people very soon. Um, yeah, we won't give any teases. Not no, teases. no teases. <laughs> no teases. No teases. We're, we've got a lot of good stuff that we'll be recording in the next couple of weeks as well. Stay tuned uh, from all of us at House Enterprise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy one year partner. That's Will and I'm Jake. So long, folks. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.